This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Travel Is Your Business. Today, our guest is none other than Avin Samthani. He is the co-founder of AquaVault, which uh, they are the designer, manufacturers, and distributor of portable security safes. And we are going to unlock exactly what that means in just a moment because our episode starts right now. Hey, my name is Avin Samtani. I'm the co-founder of AquaVault. And what I love about travel is it gives me an excuse to unplug. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with Tavan Ball, technology thought leader and community builder, John Matson, digital director at Voyager HQ, and Samantha Shankman, reporter and producer. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am one of your hosts, Pavan Ball, and joining me, of course, is co-host to my left, Samantha Shankman. Hey, everyone. And we are joined once again by Mr. John Matson. Hi there. And uh, of course, let's say hello to our guest, Mr. Avin Samthani. Uh, he is the co-founder of AquaVault. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, Thanks Avin. for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. So let's start here, as we uh, like to do, is kind of give us a 30,000-foot description of who you are and what you do. So I'm the co-founder of AquaVault. My two partners and I actually were staying at a resort for a wedding a few years ago. We kind of did what everyone else would do. We put our stuff in our shoes and our towel, wanted to go for a quick swim. We came back and our stuff was all gone. You know, we couldn't believe it. So what we did was, you know, we were trying to figure out how this happened. We thought to well, ourselves, someone stole it. Exactly. We, we couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> believe it. How did this happen? Right. We could not, we could not believe this because we were actually Divine doing, intervention. we're doing what everyone does. You know, you peek back yeah. in your chair, you kind of stay within reach and we thought that we were safe. Yeah. Turns out we got back to our chair, everything was gone and we were sitting there thinking that there should be a safe that attaches to these chairs that people could store their valuables in and not have to worry about this stuff, especially on vacation. You know, the last thing you want to do is be worrying when you're on a trip. Yeah. So we started sketching stuff out on a napkin, and that day the Aqua Vault was born. Literally right away. Right away. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's how it all started. Okay. Yeah. Inter- so what is now the Aqua Vault? So it's a portable safe that mm-hmm. locks onto your lounge chair. So it can lock onto the back of the chair, the armrest, mm-hmm. the umbrella. It can, you know, it has limitless almost applications. It basically any type of tubular support. You set your own code and you lock it right over. You store your stuff like your phone, your watch, your Mm-hmm. your jewelry, you know, whatever it is. And you basically lock up and swim and not have to worry about anything. Interesting. Is this um, a safe that people can buy themselves or is it provided by hotels? How do people get their hands on the safe? So initially we decided that we were going full commercial and wanted to lease these things to hotels, which we have been doing. We've actually started to sell online as well. So it could both be bought on our website and at several retailers, as well as mostly about 200 plus properties around the world. Yeah, so I could bring my own safe, essentially, exactly. anywhere I go and on Correct. travel and things like that. So recently over in Phuket, and I, again, same same issue. Even though you're on a resort, you feel like it's okay. I'm a New Yorker. I'm always going to be a bit you know, protective or overly right. protective and guarded, defensive. <laughs> defensive, whatever you want to call it. But I'm always looking over my shoulder, especially for my stuff. So leaving my, um, my wallet and my 
things behind is, is really yeah, I mean, just, just your phone alone, people buy it just for their phone because yeah. these days, you know, your phone's your life. It's six to $800. So just for the phone alone, I mean, yeah. you could be anywhere and leaving your phone even at your office or anywhere and leaving for an hour, you're going to think about it, you know? Yeah. So how long was your product development cycle? So we knew nothing about product development. We were mm-hmm. all in finance previously at zero experience. And how, how many people this. are started there's this three, with you? There's me and my two partners who okay. happen to be my college uh, college friends as well. So we went to school together. Cool. So there's there's three of us total, and uh, basically it was it was somewhat of a process because we didn't know anything about it. We started sketching stuff out on a napkin, as I said, yeah. and started learning AutoCAD, which again none of us knew anything mm-hmm. about. So. Once we started doing that, we started pumping out prototypes uh, upstate New York with a 3D printer. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started making tweaks to it as we came. Seven prototypes later, we decided we were pretty happy with, with the product. How expensive was that pro- process? Uh, it was pretty <laughs> pretty expensive. Yeah. So each prototype was at least $1,000. Okay. And uh, again, knowing not knowing what we were doing, it was it started to get a little costly because we didn't kind of know what we were doing. Well, most people that come across an idea out of experience don't know what they're doing, right? They didn't right. go into it starting, a, like wanting to start a business. They just saw an opportunity and they start building. Exactly. It's not in your domain. So you spent maybe like, what, 10, 15K to get a first product out or around first, that? First prototype that we were happy with. Okay. That's not bad. So, right. And what was your background before? So we were, I was in a financial sales. So I was doing commercial residential loans. My other partner was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. And my other partner owned a contracting company and was also a day trader. So some skilled people. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So, okay, let's let's get the grill out of the room. You were on Shark Tank. Um, that was, at what point did you apply to that and, and say that confidently that you would be suitable for that opportunity? So after our first, you know, half year in business proper, properly. Okay. Um, What's properly? So after so, the prototypes, you did the website development no, and all so that after, stuff? No, so after the prototype, we basically went to this inventor's trade show. We wanted to basically test the market before we left our jobs and did anything. Smart. So we went to this inventor trade show in Pittsburgh, and uh, we brought our prototype. And what we did was we had a booth. And people were walking by and we were gauging the interest and the, you know, the response was great. We we're like, wow, people love this thing. They're like, this is amazing. We need one of these. Where's this been my whole life? So we basically were like, all right, this, there's clearly a market for this thing. Let's, let's make it happen. So we started filing our patents. You know, once everything mm-hmm. was good, we just kind of went back to work, you know? Yeah. Um, once our patents got issued, we said, okay, we own this thing now. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's run with this. So that's when we kind of started uh, mass producing which we did, and we went to Surf Expo in Orlando. It's like a big trade show for surfers and outdoor stuff, and you know it was a big hit there. And that's when we kind of, you know, Shark Tank started getting a little bit popular. And we're like, hey, you know, let's just apply to this thing. Mm-hmm. We can't lose. I think this season that we were applying for, there was forty-eight thousand businesses that applied. Wow! Shit. And only about a hundred or forty or one hundred and forty or so actually get selected to fly out. And I think only about a hundred and eight air. So, you know, the chances are pretty slim. So we're like, hey, let's just try this if out. If you fly out, do they record with you no matter what? They record. Uh, no, not no matter what. You can, okay. at any point, they basically, right. Say go. There's on. no guarantee. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So once we were selected, the process kind <clears> of <throat> kept us moving forward. Uh, we had to send videos and all that stuff. And it just started really happening pretty quickly. Next thing you know, we were flying to L.A., and we were pitching the Sharks very early in the morning. <laughs> Holy crap. How early? Uh, pretty early. I think our taping was like 6 a.m. or 6.30. Wow. Damn. 
How long did it last? I'm, I'm just... Yeah, I, we were in there for just under an hour. Okay. That's yeah. a long time. It's a long time. What do you think it was about either you and your team or your product that stood out uh, on Shark Tank that made it that you were going to be aired? It just that's so much competition to stand out against. I think personally that they liked our story. You know, we were three guys. We were all friends from school. We left very promising careers to kind of start this. And, you know, we basically went through something that a lot of people actually go through. And I think a lot of those sharks really did relay, you know, relate to the, uh, the issue. You know, you go to the pool, you're like, what do I do? Have it's you met just... anyone that doesn't relate to the issue? Seriously? Not so much. No, no. right? I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's actually, yeah, no, not really. Maybe go with that now. Okay. Like I've never met someone that doesn't relate <laughs> right. with this. Every issue. single person, Every person in the world yeah. needs this product. It's universal concern, it's crazy. man. Huh? So, very interesting. Holy shit. Okay. Are oh, you struck a deal with them or no? <laughs> yes, we did. You did. Yeah. Sorry, we, I didn't watch that episode. Okay. In, in we uh, for this. we got to deal with Damon John. Okay. Cool. Actually, nice. I we just did a fireside chat with him. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Such so a that's great actually guy. aired on our other one of our other podcast entities. Uh, Fashion is your business. So uh, for anyone that's listening yeah, to I'd this have to. and are interested, uh, we go into his background and his startup and entrepreneur journey, which is really really fascinating. You now work over at Blueprint. Correct. Um. How's the experience like being in that ecosystem with um, Damon John and the other support groups that are there? It's fantastic. I mean, you know, just having access to him and just all their successful businesses in there. Um, it's really been a tremendous help for us, at least starting up. It started to pick up. I think they just opened about a month ago. Yeah. So there are just just the businesses that are there. I mean, we're able to kind of feed off each other and it's a great experience so far. No complaints. Excellent. So this is a, a good point to take a break. But before we do so, our guest today, of course, he was uh, kind enough to bring in uh, a snack for us to all get nourished with. Uh, so why don't you uh, tell us what you brought in for us? So there are some milk chocolate pretzels, which, you know, you can't go wrong with chocolate covered pretzels. And uh, I guess some herb and sea salt uh, grain chips of some sort. Which well, yeah, I, I think just... you stole John's snack, but yeah, that's <laughs> so, fine. You, you yeah. can take all the food on the Sorry, table. Sorry, you can have sure. some. <laughs> no wonder. I was wondering. I was like, I don't think I'd bring in those things, but you know, why not? <laughs> all right, good deal. Well, we're going to snack on that, and uh, we're going to go into a quick break, and when we come back, more with Avin Samtani, uh, co-founder of Aquavault. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at the Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. 
Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. Of course, we are here with the co-founder of AquaVault, Avin Samtani. Avin, I think it's interesting that you have a physical product uh, as as the startup because so many travel startups that we talk to today are software and their yeah. product lives entirely online. Yeah, it's like not something actually, you can to touch. To this point, everyone we've talked to on this show has been a digital solution or yeah. a technology solution or Whatever it may be, right? So I popped exactly. a cherry. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I never thought it would happen to me, but <laughs> there's a there's a first for everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently. Um, and I was just curious, how do you think the process of creating a physical product differs from that of creating a software? And do you find that there's fewer people to maybe collaborate or work with because of that, or maybe there's greater collaboration as a result? I mean, so far, there definitely has been fewer people to collaborate with. We're finding that there's more service related uh, in terms of the travel than, you know, products. Um, you know, a lot of these hotels, they want to test something out first and creating a physical product is is costly because, you know, some people want their logos on it. Some people want, mm-hmm. you know, a different size or a different color to match their pool deck. The branding. Right. Also, so it's yeah. just, it's definitely more, it's definitely harder, I think, than creating something online where you could tweak things and, you know, to their, uh, specification, specification. that iteration process is a lot harder because it's interesting. There's somebody in our community that I'd love to introduce you to. They're, they're, um, they're called snappy screen and they, um, they work with hotel groups and amusement parks. Uh, and it's a, it's a physical product. It's a huge product. It's like Mm -hmm. this big booth of sorts. And it just gives you like an, um, kind of like an even uh, application of sunscreen because like oh, when you get awesome. stuck out in an amusement oh, park it's like a booth and, chamber type of thing or? yeah yeah okay. and you just like if you have kids and like you just mm-hmm. put them in there and they'll like totally spray them all down <laughs> nice. huh. so she's doing that to the same groups though which That's might smart. be interesting it's like spray yeah, but that would be yeah. sunblock do most <laughs> hotels want to white label the product and put their own name on it rather than have aqua vault appear on them most do uh we do offer co-branding which is kind of the the angle we try pushing the most because ideally we want our brand on there so right underneath the lock we're able to put the hotel group's name there which has been working out well for us well do you have it in some cases that the branding's not there because I could yes. see that being really yes. I'd say eighty percent of our hotel clients don't have their branding in it. It's just their ours. brand. It's mostly yeah. your brand. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good. That's just interesting. So, what does manufacturing look like for you? Like, is it uh, do you outsource it or where where is this process? We make like? everything in China through yeah. direct sourcing of of you know our contacts. Mm-hmm. It took a while. To, How's that process been? Yeah. It was a little difficult to try to find the trust and the right relationships, especially when dealing with China. Uh, were you we, going through sourcing agents, or were you going there yourself and trying to navigate the? We the land? were we were looking at sourcing agents. We finally found someone who has you know an office uh, down there as well mm-hmm. as up here, so we're able to kind of use their uh, offices here and kind of you know basically basically have someone to kind of point the finger to and say, hey, you're based in the U.S. We also have a China office as opposed to Mm -hmm. just winging it. Like some people go on Alibaba and say, hey, make me this. And next thing you know, their stuff's being made for someone else. You know, it's it's pretty, it's pretty sharky down there. No, of course. Well, I'm I'm wondering how you're managing that communication. Like what's been working for you? Because, well, twofold, the, the timelines are tough, right? I'm assuming you're bringing things in by ship, not by air. 
So there is obviously an, an inherent lead time uh, involved. Are you guys keeping stock there? How how closely are they working with you as a business partner? I mean, now that we've been in business with them for over three years, they've been more lenient with just uh, lead times with us and placing orders with minimal deposits and things mm-hmm. to just keep it going. Because in the end, they benefit when we benefit as well. So, you know, initially, you know, it was yeah, like how'd you, you convince them early on? Just we were paying up front earlier on. So but for what type of runs? Like what? How many units? We started our first run was five thousand pieces. That's a lot. It's a lot, and especially because we did you have confirmed POs? Or no, we did not. Holy shit! So we basically were like, we're winging this thing. We're making it happen, and uh, you know, it, it worked out. Thankfully, uh, we've been upping it. Now we're on constant reorders of at least ten thousand. We're doing a forty foot container pretty much every three months. That's and incredible. And now That's that great. we're shipping worldwide, you know, we have stuff in warehouses in the UK. We have stuff in Australia. We have stuff in, you know, in Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, I also speak Chinese, so it definitely helped out well. I grew up in Hong Kong, so, That'll do you know, it. just okay. the relationship there just was a little bit more strengthened just with the fact that, hey, this is some, some guy, you know, so. Yeah, you, well, you're relatable at that point, right? Right. And it, it just worked out. You know, he, the, the company we work with is great and uh, no complaints so far. Yeah. I'm curious about the distribution. You just talked about all these new places you're distributing to worldwide. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about B2B, but you were saying also that you, um, you know, uh, have consumers also just like directly buying it. Um, what's the adoption like? And like, what, like, how's, how are you marketing to these people in different places around the world? So marketing from a marketing end, we're doing mostly social media. Thankfully mm-hmm. we've been blessed with getting a lot of press uh, my partners and I are pretty relentless with reaching out to PR and ad, you know other advertisers. People always ask us. They say, "Who's your PR you know company? We want nobody to use that." We say, "Nobody." It's just us. They're like an Excel zero, sheet. Right? <laughs> so you know, we're just used to calling people all day long, pitching yeah. the product, sending samples, and just praying they do a right write up. I think just the fact that everyone's gone through that situation of being at the beach or pool and not knowing they can all relate to it and say, you know what, this is something I, w- I kind of want to push out to my audience. So thankfully we've been kind of blessed with that. Um, social media marketing has been huge for us now that we're finally able to put money behind ad spend and yeah. just different things. How, how's that been affecting the sales? Oh, I mean, digital ad <laughs> exponentially. Sales. I mean, yeah. our online sales have grown What's your monthly budget for that? Right now, we're spending close to five thousand a month on okay. social media, and, that, and that's effective. That's that's still oh, pretty yeah. lean. Convert, I mean, yeah, 5, it's very. That's not much at all. How how um, much targeting are you doing in there? We're we have a few different ad sets we deal with, you know, because our product can also be used on strollers and boats and golf carts and Got things it. like that. Yeah, so clever. we have a ton of different ad sets going. So. We basically tweak our budgets based on what's performing well. Our videos mm-hmm. are still pictures better. We do both. I mean, video. I think the videos convert well because when you mm-hmm. still look at the product, yeah, it's more like okay, so what is it? You yeah. know, because it is kind of standalone or it's a box, and so video you, yeah. shows the story. Where I think video, are... you know, you see someone at the beach, stuff on the ground, you put it mm-hmm. in, lock it up, walk away. It's like, oh my god, I can I, I can I, use I, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which platforms have been the most successful? I think Facebook so far has been the most successful for have us. Have you messed around with Instagram a lot? Yeah, we, we okay. do. Um, it carries to over to Instagram now, everything we kind of do. Talk to it, John. Talk to it. No, I was just saying, yeah, it, <laughs> he just said it. It carries over to uh, Instagram now. So you can mm-hmm. um, basically, any ads that you have performing on, um, on Facebook, Facebook ads they'll can be served same. to Instagram, right. yeah. And our biggest online platform is Amazon, hands down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's so funny to me. Like, So you had mentioned one of your co-founders was a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Like... 
I don't know if that's where the mindset of just picking up the phone call came from, but people have just lost touch completely with a phone call and just pounding the pavement with just re- outreach. It's yeah. it's lost. Yeah. And and, and coming from the finance space myself, I know that financial advisors are particularly relentless and 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 consistent with their with their just their their, their approach. Yeah, I mean, I am a firm believer the phone call is the way to mm-hmm. win no matter what. It's very easy to ignore an email. It's very easy to just fire off an email and then be like, I'll get back to you later. Yeah. We call these people. I mean, you should see our out dial list. You'd be like, these guys are crazy. Yeah. People see us at trade shows. We're like, oh, it's you guys. Leaving me, leaving me <laughs> we know you. Yeah, you get your emails. We get your emails. And it's like, well, respond, you know? Yeah. Uh, but What I are you just, using to track it? What type of CRM? We use Streak right now, which is okay. part of Gmail. Um, it's worked out well for us. We haven't really invested in, um, other platforms. This Mm -hmm. seems to be working pretty well. I'm old school. I use a spreadsheet, very simple color coded spreadsheet of when I called someone, when I can call them back. And I just sit there and hammer out all day. How much of your time per week are you spending on phone calls per week? I mean, I'm thinking I'm doing at least five hours a day. Oh, at least. damn. Yeah. Just for the press and marketing outreach? No, that's just for sales, for press, for mostly oh, for, for sales. Just yeah. outreach, yeah. Because, you know, I'm calling a hotel and saying, hey, can I speak to your pool manager? And they say, who are you? I finally get in touch with the pool manager and say, hey, I have this product. It's portable, safe for your chairs. What do you think? They're like, wow, that's amazing. I've never mm-hmm. had that before. And, you know, it's the conversation. So, so despite your efforts on digital being successful, as opposed to focusing energy there or you're probably doubling down on that as well or carving out more of a, a budget that side. You're still not deviating from the phone call. No, I, I mean, there's never enough, you know, it's always more. And yeah. I'm a firm believer that you have to have multiple platforms running because that's just one avenue for us. The online is just, is just one area. You know, there's still this whole other area that we need to still hit. Otherwise, eventually, you know, we don't want to lose steam. No, it's point. just not. It's easy when when um when a product comes to market that it can and you have a press run that you, if you don't feed that machine over a long period of time you can really lose a lot of steam and there's there's really only so much you can do with it. Right. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to learn a more about what that process is in, in talking to hotels. You have this product that no one ever heard about. How did you start getting those meetings? How did you start getting that adoption going on the more enterprise level, not the B two C? So first, you know, we would basically pull out a map and pull out coastal cities and say, okay, this area's got a lot of beach. Uh, Just a little backstory. (laughs) So we left New York to move to Miami, uh, you know, because obviously Miami in in the United States, it's if you can do it well there, you can do it kind of anywhere and just prove the concept. Sure. So we're at every hotel in Miami Beach now. And Is that a fact? Every hotel? Maybe with the exception of one or two new I'm ones. I'm going yeah. next weekend. Yeah, you'll definitely go okay. on the beach. <laughs> go right. where, where are you staying? I, I'm actually staying at an Airbnb property. We're going. Okay. Yeah. But go ahead. That's your next yeah, market. Once you basically yeah. go to the beach, there'll be kiosks there. You'll see them right on the kiosk for rent. And uh, everything's rented through also the Boucher Brothers. They, they basically run Miami Beach down okay. there. So they're available at their kiosk huts and at all the hotels. So. You definitely have to use one now, and I'm expecting. I'm, 100% I'm expecting a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'll show. You, well, video. It tells the story better. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But you know, to come back to you, Sam, is we basically pulled out a map and say, all right, coastal cities where I would just get a list of hotels. Our partners would get a list of hotels, or we'd buy a list, or mm-hmm. and just try to get the contact for the right person, the pool manager, or the GM. Typically, we found are the two decision makers. So once we knew that, uh, we started just contacting them and 
going over the product and say, this is what it does. And do you have an issue with your staff dealing with all this? Oh, I lost my things. I can't find it. And it just frees up a lot of time for your employees at the pool as well. And let's not forget, it creates revenue for the hotels and hotels are always looking for that extra revenue. How's it creating revenue? So we basically lease it to them and they charge the guests. So your upscale properties, uh, you know, like your Ritzes, your St. Regis, they'll provide a complimentary, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not going to charge someone five, $10, sure. but your lower end or mid grade, they charge five to $10 a day. And they're, you know, their ROI wow. on it is insane. We're only charging. So you're renting these. You're correct. not even selling yours. The white one, you know, the original model is fully rental. You know, we're selling them online as well to the mm-hmm. consumer. Um, I'll circle back on our new product, you know, in a little bit yeah. uh, when that time comes, but they're leasing the product out or they're basically saying it's part of the resort fee, you know, and you can kind of justify that 25 to $30 resort fee. No one likes paying. You can say, all right, at least they're giving me this. They're giving me that. It helps them. So uh, it, it definitely creates value because people are yeah. there, they're sitting at the pool and they're actually enjoying themselves. And, you know, the feedback. And so a visitor of their beach that's not staying at the pool could rent it also. Correct. Essentially. So that's a revenue mm-hmm. gain. So they're... There, can they rent a chair without one in yeah, some cases and then one with one? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, so I'll rent the one with one. Well, it's and portable. You'll, so you'll it can be, debit me it can be taken. It's portable. So it's not, <laughs> yeah. you can kind of take it to your chair. You can lock it onto your umbrella. It doesn't necessarily have to be the chair. All right. No doubt. And what about outside of Miami? Are you in other locations? Are you in other places besides hotels? So we're at every major water park in the U.S. now officially. And uh, we're in pretty much every Caribbean island there is. We're starting to expand to Vegas and, you know, California. But uh, we're in, you know, like Spain. We're in, you know, Tulum in Mexico. We're in Cancun, um, Cabo. Is this what you envisioned when you embarked on this with your two friends? You know, it was kind of funny because we sat there and the light bulb went off when we're like, when we got back the patent searches and there wasn't, yeah, one. we could travel. We're like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, there's no, no one's like, everyone's yeah. got a had to have thought of this, but no one actually did anything about it. Sure. And I mean, I could circle back a million times and think of ideas I've had, but I've never actually done anything about it. Or it's like, mm. oh, it would be really cool, but I never actually looked it up to see what it would take to do it. So, looking, thi- so this is interesting. Looking back on that exact thought, okay, how difficult was it? I think it was very difficult, but at the time we mm. were just so fueled by the, uh, the passion, the passion. We're Energy. like, this has to be fixed. I mean, and then you think of all the times you've gone to, I, I, I like going to the beach or pool. I'm sure everyone yeah. does. And I always go back to that point where I never know what to do with my stuff. It drives me absolutely crazy. You know, it's like, what do I do with my watch, my phone? And I'm always looking back, like you almost stay within that distance mm-hmm. of your chair. Yeah. And it's like, you can't even enjoy yourself. So you know, we were just super passionate. We still are super passionate about it. And we just knew that everyone could benefit from it. It's just positioning it the right way and, and selling it. You know, that's really it. So is there, um, and maybe this is, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the new product you're launching. Because okay. um, I'm curious, like, if I'm traveling, it's a it's a bigger... Um, Correct. Right. So if I'm traveling and if I go to some small beach in uh, Puerto Rico and it's like no one's around, but like who knows if somebody's around... Mm-hmm. Um, how does that fit into like my package? So like, you know, that's a great question. So basically people were coming back to us and saying, Hey, this thing, I love the concept. It's great, but it's a little bulky for my carry on. I don't check any luggage Mm. and I'm not sure if my hotel offers it or not, but if they don't, what can I do? We actually created a more portable version that can fold and roll up and go into your carry on. 
It's made of slash-resistant nylon, oh, so nice. you know, a little bit under Kevlar. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. This thing is great. I mean, it's been our top seller. We're selling yeah, a million times more than the other one. What's the retail yeah. price on The Amazon retail on it is thirty nine ninety five. Oh, okay. Very, so very it's a great well. price point. It fits on you know, on your strollers at the water parks, on golf carts, on your bike, bikes, mm. anything. I'll definitely make sure I send you guys a few. That'd be great. I'm going to take you up on that. Absolutely. Um, Quick, going back to the hotel sell cycle. So you're obviously SLS, Delano, W, whatever else property on that strip. They're big groups. They're not just one-off hotels. Getting into that supply chain or being a vendor for a premier property for a W or Delano, does that necessarily mean that you're now in their whole web no, unfortunately, or do you have to do the whole sales cycle over and exactly, over and over? Because and over. there's still different managers, there's still different budgets for every hotel, and you so know your each va- hotel is an individual sale. Correct. Hmm. It's my understanding that they also do like um, I think they're called branches, right? Where exactly, like, yeah, it's like regional has a certain amount mm-hmm. that are underneath one office. Um, maybe you could. And some people there's that. different owner operators as well of of the mm-hmm. property. They could just be using the name of the sure. hotel. So. How did working with hotels and within the hospitality industry differ from what you expected? Was it what you expected? Was it harder, easier? Much harder. We thought they'd see value immediately, you know, and be like, this mm. is a no brainer, but it's just dealing with a lot of people in the Caribbean and just beach towns. It's just slower, a lot mm-hmm. slower to yeah. get answers. And you also don't want to be that. That's when we got to have to scale back our relentless like hey we need an answer now kind of thing and let it sit for a little while um you know we thought it would be almost immediate but we feel like it actually took about six months to a year to actually you know build these relationships up get the product there we're almost giving them product to test once they started seeing it work they ordered so it took a little bit longer but now the value is definitely there and we can always refer back to our existing clients and that helps us you know but building that initial list of clients took to quite a long time. So going from zero to a hundred takes a lot of learning lessons along the way, a lot of kind of pivoting in your approach, your sales approach, marketing, what works, what doesn't. If you were to go back to day one of selling a hotel, what is your perfect now sales strategy going forward for any product group that's looking to, to sell an enterprise client? If I could go back and do it, I would almost just give them the product, like a small trial yeah. and say, Hey, I'm going to put these here. If it does well, call mm-hmm. me. Here's my number kind of thing. Instead of trying yeah. to go through purchase orders and approvals and this mm-hmm. and that, because once they see something working, they're going to buy it, you know? So that's probably what I would have done earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of what we're doing now with certain new new groups. I'm going to yeah. say, I'm just going to leave you a case here. Here's a stand. Here's my business card. Call me when they're gone. And it works. Oh, that's interesting. Now, yeah. there has to be a level of integration. So- if they're, the hotel groups are actually using this as a revenue stream or a value add inside of their packages, you not only have to sell the product and whether they like it, but then also um, how it fits into their operations. Right. Can you talk about that cycle of, of some of the maybe the, the bottlenecks experienced on that end? Right. So we have to get approval from marketing on signage and how they, how they market the product to their guests. It's like, oh, well, we can't be promoting non-hotel products at the pool. And it's just, there's so many, you know, hoops to jump through. And uh, again, it's a learning experience. None of us knew any of this. So I think just the legalities too, it's like, Hey, well, it's a safe, you know? So that creates more like, Oh, well now there's liability. I need this Mm. insurance. I need that. And it's like, Whoa. So 
there were a lot of hoops to jump through, but after a few of them, you know, we've started to see the, um, you know, what they were looking for. It's all similarities between every hotel is going to be pretty much the same. And that's when we kind of thought like, Hey, now our pitch is just so perfect that it's like, here's everything we know you're going to ask for already. So it's like, here's our, our sell sheet. Here's mm-hmm. the info. Here's our display. Yeah. Call us, you know, and it's almost easier now. When you look forward, what are you um, thinking of for the future, both in terms of physical expansion and where you are around the world and also product expansion? Are there going to be more iterations of this product or are you just really focused on this one right now? So we already have two new ones in the works. Um, one's going to be more tech focused too. So I know you guys will like that. It's going to have more features and it's going to be out end of the year. And we're always innovating. We're trying to look for new products. We brought on, uh, we're starting to get a waterproof phone case now, which is really cool. You can take photos and video underwater. So we're trying to build a brand, almost like a travel brand yeah. for travel accessories. So is the tech one just going to basically be like someone stealing the chair? Alert me. Like, how do you defend against the argument of, okay, well, I'll just steal the bike or the chair? Or it's going to have a few uh, features in it that, you know, right. require. That, that, that I mean, are, listen, having a safe against a chair or any object is a signal saying that there's something valuable in there. So now, where someone may not have been uh, incentivized or even. Uh, to steal something right now they're like oh shit there's something there that i mean obviously i've heard that question so now how do you how do you yeah Yeah. how do you so basically it's it's easy it's a deterrent when you're walking down the beach you're you're gonna see a chair with a phone in it and you're gonna see a vault chances are you're gonna take the phone and walk away in the end you don't know what's in that safe you could have you can have lunch in there it doesn't matter and more than likely is just a phone so you might as well go for the phone and the shoe and to go through the whole act of Run, you know, taking a safe and hammering it, it's Running just away it's going to cause a lot of issues, right? So, especially on a hotel property, or it's going to basically create that attention that sure. you're not looking for. Why is that so, guy carrying right, one of the that huge chair with a safe pool. attached to oh it? Oh my god, he's got a safe. Right. So, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I had to ask it because yeah, no, why not steal the chair? Exactly, because then you have a chair and a safe, right? See, we we deal with <laughs> exactly we deal Don't with mostly hotels, no. so that's like just. I got you though. I'm into it. These all are right. delicious pretzels. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> all right, this is a perfect time to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's gonna be off the beaten path, where we're gonna ask our guest um, a series of questions, where, which is quite frankly, off the beaten path. So more with Avin Samthani, co-founder of Aquaball. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. To explore opportunities to partner, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. It's time for personal questions with Avin Samtani. Off the beaten path. That's right. Off the beaten path. Uh, personal questions with a travel theme asked randomly, and we decide the order of who asked the questions with announcements from your favorite airline personnel. Ladies and gentlemen, would passenger John Matson please report to gate 
23A. All right, well, that's me. Uh, Avin, uh, I was wondering, what's somewhere that you really want to go to? You know, I've really wanted to go to Iceland. Yeah? It's just been on my list. There's plenty of times I was about to go and didn't, and now I just really, really want to go there. It's awesome. They have like all these uh, um, like hot springs right. everywhere, uh, the Blue Lagoon, and then they have like the uh, other like smaller lagoon. That, yeah, like, barbecue and about. volcanoes. Yeah, yeah, I want to get in one of those. Um, there's one of um, those little igloo things with the you know with the northern lights and mm-hmm. camp out there. I think it's just something different. I usually go to the beach or a city. I think Iceland is. Next is this because you spend so much time doing sales on a beach? That I you think just so. Wanna, that's not your... <laughs> exactly. You, you probably cannot relax on a beach. You're selling. No, but you know, the funny yeah. thing is, we usually sell the night before and then party at the beach the next day and celebrate. So that's such a tough, it's a great, tough life. It's a great business because we <laughs> turned in our suits for bathing suits. That's yeah, what we yeah. like saying. What's your favorite bathing suit company? Right now, I would say... I'm pretty easy. I go with J. Crew actually. Our, they have some good stuff. Good, good. Uh. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and coming up next... Attention, ladies and gentlemen, would passenger Puffin Ball please press your call button for the flight attendant? All right, looks like it's uh, that's me. So you're you know you're originally born and raised in Hong Kong. You mentioned earlier, and uh, you speak at least one more language um, in addition <laughs> to English. Uh, I'm I'm wondering, with your perspectives on on Eastern and Western lifestyle. What has been kind of where where in the world have you been to that mesh both environments in in the most seamless and interesting way for you? Honestly, New York, I think. Yeah, kid. Yeah, I think think that just is the answer to your question. You know, it's Mm -hmm. got the city. It's got a lot of Asian influence here too in certain areas in New York and. I feel like it's just got the the buildings. It's got the high speed, you know, the fast paced life. It's got everything, but it also has the other parts of New York where mm-hmm. it's more laid back, or there's beach, or there. I think New York just has everything. And um, that's what? Do, I, where do you go in New York when you're missing Hong Kong? Chinatown, <laughs> legit. Oh yeah, legit. straight up. And where do uh, where do you go there? Uh, there's a couple of places, more hole in the wall, but my favorite dim sum spot has to be Red Farm, which is mm. on the Upper West Side and so down good. in Tribeca too. That, that, yeah, I mean that, that's some bougie ass dim sum. Place but is I, awesome. I'm into it. Place is really good. <laughs> I was just good over at um, Namwa's new Namwa's location. Really good. Yeah, yeah, they so got great soup dumplings. Amazing, dude. The thinnest, the thinnest I've ever oh, ever great. had in my life. Okay, very good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's true. It's so good. Real, like it's amazing. Far. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's Once delicious. you have that stuff, you're like, especially yeah. you're seeing like E's on the windows now and B's. You're seeing like all these like crazy food grades on the window down in Chinatown. So I'm kind of A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting away from that. <laughs> yeah. No A's. No sometimes A's. Sometimes pending. Sometimes, <laughs> no A's. Sometimes, sometimes great. There's pending. actually there's actually a new app now. My wife got and. It's kind of really annoying yep. because before we walk into any restaurant or order any delivery now, she's like, let me check the app. I have to check the app. And if oh, it's, it's a, nothing a. but an A, we're not going there. And it's, it I like dirty Chinese food. the most minor infractions. <laughs> and she's like, well, there's rat dropping infestations. I'm like, but not but, in a drink. You know? <laughs> I didn't have drop in my <laughs> drink. So have you guys ever like ordered on Seamless and then you, uh, you finally see like out in the wild, the restaurant that you've been ordering from like a lot? <laughs> I did that. And I found out it was a grade B, and I was yeah. like, oh, god damn oh, it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love number one Chinese food. <laughs> damn it. All right, great. so uh, next up is... 
attention, would passenger Samantha Shankman report to the ticket booth? Thank you. Adam, I'm curious how your travel style has changed over the years. I know you've always loved traveling. You're now in the travel space. You now have a family. How has traveling changed um, and kind of how has what you've looked for out of your travel experiences changed over time? Well, before I would just go out and explore and it would just be me and it would be totally different. Now, you know, we have a family, but uh, traveling for business is is great because it's always beach towns, though, which makes it really fun. But we don't get to go to any cool cities anymore or any just random places. It's always a, a beach. And I know people are like, well, tough life. That's that's awesome. But there's only so many beaches. I mean, I'm brown already. So like I try to get tanned all day, like my two partners are laying out there, you know, tanning all day. I'm like, dude, let's let's do something else. I'm yeah. already tanned. Let's let's walk around. <laughs> but uh, I it's it's different for sure. You know, I used to just go out and do stuff now. We need another seat. Now I'm packing, you know, four pieces of luggage as opposed to a carry-on. And I have a baby, which is the best thing ever, by the way. But um, How old? She's four months old. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, she's, thank you. She's amazing. Um, but, you know, business-wise, I think it's it's great. You know, I just wish we had more opportunities to go to cities and, and more, you know, mm-hmm. cultural places. But not going to complain. That's for sure. You know, it's it's great going to the beach and your wife being okay with going to the beach all the time and that right. considered work. So. Yeah, just don't do push-ups and stuff at home. No. In preparation for the beach. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Every work trip, I guess, is a, an excuse to take a family trip as well in a way. Yeah, and, you know, we're building yeah. a lot of connections with a lot of these hotels, which is great because the perks are finally starting to come in. Can I assume that that's free stay? No, but, you know, just extra VIP treatment with certain mm-hmm. things, If whether it's an upgrade, whether it's drinks at the pool, whether it's, you know, cabana upgrades mm-hmm. at... A free aqua vault. A free aqua vault. <laughs> <with> your, <laughs> right. your stay. <laughs> Good deal. Why don't you leave our guests with uh, a point of reflection? So it could be anything from this discussion, or it can be uh, something from your entrepreneurial journey into this product, um, or anything else that you want to kind of shed. Okay. Well, first, I, I definitely want to thank you all for having me. And, uh, you know, doing this has made me reflect back on, on the journey a lot more than sometimes I get to think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, what I really recommend is if you have an idea or a product or just any type of service, just go for it. Definitely do research in the marketplace to make sure it's not already there. And if it is, find a way to make it better because clearly if you don't know about it, they're not doing a good job. So my take is just go for it and, you know, it's really cliche, but you only live once and just make things happen. And, um, I'm really, you know, I'm really happy with where the business is going. And, uh, hopefully one day you guys all go to a hotel and, and rent an aqua vault. Favon, I'm looking at you on Thursday. I'm Friday, expecting Saturday, that video. I'm expecting that video and, uh, let me know what hotel you go to and I'll see if I can hook it up. Absolutely. Um, and one thing I do want to add to that, which was interesting is, uh, that you went to the trade show, um, to, to get market uh, validation. And I thought that that was a really important and sometimes overlooked step when people are very kind of just bl- like wide-eyed about starting a product. It's taking a step back and actually seeing if there is a market fit for no, it. No, that's, so. you know, that's true. I should have touched on that a little bit more too is we wanted to see there's a market. I mean, anyone has an idea and they think it's the best thing ever. And there's plenty of people I speak to like, of course. I have the great, greatest idea of this. And when you hear it, you're yeah. like, that's you know, exactly. really crappy. Don't do it, you know? Yeah. But I think validation is important. And although you don't necessarily need it, it's just further just reassurance that, hey, you're not going to get everyone to say this thing's great, but mm-hmm. just 
you're going to get some great feedback. And before you start, you might now tweak your model a little bit based on the feedback. And that trade show was a pivotal point for us because that's when we turned around and said, wow, we're doing this. We have something here. Let's make a few changes and let's just hit the ground running and go. Great. And what is the best way that folks could either connect with you directly or your company and the things that you guys are developing? So our website is theaquavault.com. Our social media is all Aquavault, A-Q-U-A-V-A-U-L-T. My email is avin, A-V-I-N. That's the right way to say it, at theaquavault.com. And uh, any questions you guys have, happy to help any way I can. Great. Good deal. So that's it for this episode of Travel Is Your Business. Uh, thank you so much to our guest, Avin Samthani, a co-founder of Aquavault. Thanks so much for having me. Guys. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, Avin. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And um, so for John Matson, Bon Voyage, and Samantha Shankman. Safe travels. And I'm Pavin Baum. We hope you enjoyed your stay and we'll see you next time. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.